Hi guys, Princess here and welcome to another episode of Buy Pumpkin number 13, lucky number 13. Listen, if you can hear my voice, you already know what I'm about to tell you. I am having an incredibly bad voice day. I've been, it's because I've been sick, I've been coughing and everything. I've also been doing a lot of yelling and this is my punishment. Um, but yeah, I am so happy to be here with you. Woo, what a journey. And I feel, I know like every time I do one of these podcasts, I'm like, woof, I am here. But I think you guys don't realize sometimes like how much, how much it takes for me to get here, especially when I'm sick. I had a really rough week this week. Um, my new placements are adjusting. They're sweeties, but I'm dealing with things I've never dealt with before. Um, and I'll leave it at that for right now. Uh, just like things that are outside of my skill set. And then, so if you guys remember the last placements I had went home and I was really excited for them, but they got, they got put back into care maybe a week after I got my new placements. Now I don't have room for them. So they had to go to a new home and it went to, it's pretty far away. Like it was really hard to find someone who could take all of the kids. And I don't like talking about that a lot because the, like, of course my first thought was like, shit, I didn't have. I, their spaces were still here for two fucking months, almost 60 days. And then as soon as I got a placement that would exclude them from being in my house, they went back into care. But, and like, that's the first thing anybody ever says, like, oh my God, that's terrible. And I'm like, yeah, like, I don't actually need you to say that right now (laughs) because I do feel bad about it. But I'm also like of the mindset that that timing is not coincidental. The fact is that almost 60 days went and as soon as I got a placement they went back into care that is the universe very carefully mapping out the time you can call it God if you want to or you know whatever it is people call the forces in their lives but the fact is is that that timing is not coincidental and it might be because like they don't need to be back in my care they should go to some first of all when they were in my care they also had a brother that was living in a different household because a family wanted to adopt their younger brother, but not them. And this time, from what I'm hearing, everybody's in the same house. That's great, finally. So happy for them. And then, yeah, like, like maybe they're on a journey, on a like journey that doesn't include me, because that's what it's supposed to be. Maybe there's something I'm supposed to be, some work I'm supposed to be doing with my current placements, and that's why I have them, and that's why it took for me to get these placements for my old placements to go back into care. Like I'm not really that broken up about it, but it is like something I've been thinking about. And it took me, you know, when I first heard about it, I was like very quiet and like family and friends were like, are you okay and everything? And I was like, I'm just like trying to process what this means. And that's what it means. That's what I think it means. And also I have to say that I was like, in that placement, there's a just seven-year-old girl who is the, like, adult of that house and taking care of two, like, toddler brothers. And, like, I just really wanted to, I just wanted to make sure that someone was, like, holding her and telling her it's not her fault because she takes things to, she, like, one of the things we have to do all the time is, like, go over what is the job of a child. Like, what the responsibilities of children. Responsibilities of children. You go to school. You need to listen to your teacher. 
You should keep your room clean, make sure to brush your teeth, make sure to listen to your parents and your foster parents. Those are the responsibility of a child. Treat people the way you want to be treated. At no point is it important for her to figure out when her mom could take her back. At no point was in, is she supposed to be in charge of making sure her siblings eat. Like, we would have to work on it all the time. And I was just like, part of the biggest thing I was worried about was that she was saying, thing, that she was like, she was blaming herself. And I was just hoping that someone was holding her and being like, you know, this isn't about you. This isn't your fault. But I have to say that like, Someone close to the case told me that when they told the children that they were going back in the care, that she was actually really excited. And she said, oh, great, we get to go to another foster home, which is also like heartbreaking. But at least it made me feel better because I knew she wasn't in distress that day. She was like just getting excited about going to another foster home and maybe going back to being a kid. And so... Before I could really process it, I was getting that type of information. And now, you know, I have other people that are like, oh, Princess, I'm so sorry for you. And I'm like, this is the gig. The kids go in and out. Sometimes they come back. Sometimes they don't. A lot of times they just, you never see them again. And if you don't want to deal with that, then you can't foster. That's it. That's it. You can be upset. You can be angry. And you can, you know, go cry in your room if you need to. But you have to like, it's... They pay you for a reason. It's a job for a reason. You need to you need to be able to manage your emotions about this and you need to be able to let shit go because if you can't let stuff go, you will go crazy. It's why people only foster for two, three years, five years max. Those stories where you see somebody's fostering for 20 years and took in 200 kids, those are, those are not the norm. Those are not the norm. People only usually do it for a couple of years because it's, a lot of work and a lot of emotional work so yeah I'm at peace with that I'm at peace for that so that's going on I just had like a, a rough week um some work stuff happened that like basically I had to cover for somebody and I hate covering for them because I feel like an asshole every time I do like I don't like I'm not good enough because I just don't do their work and the people I have to work with when I have to cover for her are not understanding in any way. And like I'm behind on some things and like projects of mine. And I just like this week was like a rough week for me. And I know, like I said, you guys are like princess. Every week is a fucking rough week for you. But maybe that's true. I'm also. I'm still working. I'm like trying to figure out my social media shit. Like. So when I. Like, I want to talk about my life on social media, but I'm having a hard time with the feedback I get because it's all like, Princess, you're a saint. I don't know all the stuff you do. I don't know how you're able to do those things. I'm like not a saint and I'm not very special in any way. And my life actually isn't that hard at all. I have a really good life. And so I wonder, I mm, I get nervous about sh about sharing things because I'm like, what a, how, how am I sharing this in a way that makes people think I am Mother Teresa over here? I'm not. I'm just somebody like that just does a lot of stuff. But I do that for my own good. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't think I'm giving an accurate portrayal of my life. And so, like, I might take another break from social media because I don't think I'm getting it right. I just don't. 
Yeah. So, I'm, so yeah, that's like, I just had like a long week and next week's all full of appointments because new placements have to go through all these appointments. And yeah, that's like, that's what's pretty much was going on. And I thought about skipping this week. I really did. Mostly because I was like, dude, your voice sounds shitty. You sound shitty. Like, who is going to want to listen to an hour of you, Mariah Carey, whispering it? <laughs> Janet Jackson whispering into a mic. Like, nobody wants to fucking hear that. <laughs> and, like, if you're one of those people, I invite you to turn this shit off. <laughs> like, I invite you to turn it off right fucking now. Um, but I also, like, it's very important to me that when I commit to something, I do it. And I also feel like we're too early in the Breaking Bonaducci season to be like, oh, I'm taking the week off. I also, oh guys, I launched my Patreon last week. A lot of people signed up for my Patreon. I'm not gonna qualify what I mean a lot because when I tell you the number, you're gonna say, Princess, that is nothing. But it's a lot to me when I didn't even expect people to sign up. And so I just wanna thank everyone who signed up for for like a buck a month. That's like amazing. And you're like, Literally helping me keep the lights on. I get to do this podcast of stuff I love and not have to pay to do to like host and do things like that. And I'm just really super grateful. You know who you are. Super, super grateful to you. I had some questions this week about like the exclusive tier, the $20 tier. And lots of people just want to make like a one-time payment. They don't want to deal with like joining that tier and then going back down. And so I'm going to figure that out. I think the best way is for like me to give you like my Venmo and then you can do it from there. Yeah, that might be how I have to do it. I would have to like just be like Venmo me $20 and I'll make you a, I'll make you a bonus episode. <laughs> Maybe that's cheap. I don't fucking know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. But either way, I'm just like super happy that everybody's been so supportive and I've always been like really focused on trying to make sure that I'm making stuff for the people that like it. Like I'm making stuff that makes me happy for an audience that likes it instead of like being worried about how many people or whether or not I have more or less than someone else. I mean, I kind of don't, I kind of don't know what everybody's numbers are. I'm sure I'm not. I'm sure I'm still a very niche podcast and I'm probably going to be that way forever, but I'm just really excited to share with like-minded people. So the fact that you're listening to this means you're one of those people. And I just want to let you know, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for people who DM me. Oh, I forgot the name of the person, but someone DM'd me that I was right about. Well, not that I was right. Okay. So about therapy, when I was talking about Danny and Gretchen's therapy last week, I was basically like... So when you have couples therapy, you do have like individual sessions too. But the person that DM'd me, and I'm so sorry, I forgot your name, but is a therapist or has a master's in therapy. I can't remember. But they were explaining that like if you're in couples therapy, if somebody like says something in a solo session, the idea is there really aren't any secrets that if they're telling you in a solo session that it's that you will bring it up back when you get to the couple session. And they also did confirm I was right about the remember when I used to do another podcast called Spelling D and Tori Spelling has had a long time a therapist named Dr. Wexler and Dr. Wexler um was doing 
couple, I'm, I'm using my bunny quotes here, couples therapy with Dean and Tori. And I was like, I feel like that's unethical that she, they've been seeing each other. She's been seeing Dr. Wexler on and off for like 20 years. And they're going to have couples therapy together. You can't do that. I've known like, so I, not currently, but I used to see a therapist and, um, the problem with, <laughs> so part of my problem is that I am like very functioning. Like I do have a uh, depression and everything, but I'm very functioning and I'm like pretty self-aware. God, I sound like I am bragging and all this other shit. I'm not bragging. I'm not bragging. I am just saying that like, that is a fact about me. I'm a self-aware person. So continuous therapy is hard because, um, like we'll do like six six sessions and the person will be like, okay, well, you seem like you got this. And I'll be like, no, I'm crazy. And they'll be like, no, I like, there's a difference between needing guidance and just wanting to come here and like talk to a friend. That's very different. And so I was doing, um, like twice a month therapy, like, and they, and so she would like every now and then we'd have my husband come in because a lot of the things I was talking about were couples issues and she, he would come in and she would just be like, yeah, he can come in and we can like be a safe space to talk about some of you guys' issues, but I'm not going to be used as a weapon against him. And I'm not counseling the two of you. I'm still counseling you. And he just ha happens to be here. That is more, that's like the ethical way to handle it than the idea of like, your long-time therapist is now going to be a couple therapist for you and your husband because this person has to be your therapist together, not your individual therapist. If that's how you're going to do couples therapy. So I'm going to go back to therapy. Obviously um, I'm going to do maintenance, which is like once a month. Um, Cause they don't need weekly. And even every, even twice a month, she was like, I just feel like she basically like, she's not going to be a bitch sesh a bitch sesh. I'm God, I need to learn how to pronounce words. She's not going to be a bitch session for me. Like we have to be working on something. And where, how did I start talking about this? Oh, the person that DM me. Sorry, I forgot your name, but I really appreciate it. I was like, yeah, yeah. Thank you for writing about this because this is important. <laughs> um, guys, let's like, is there any other news I need to tell you guys? Oh, again, I still need to be on other podcasts. I need to talk to other people about other things. It's super easy for me to just do single podcasts because I can do them when, whenever. Like, it's Saturday at 1.30 p.m. My kids are doing quiet time. After lunch, we do quiet time. They, they watch a movie or they play on their tablets or they take a nap or they read a book. But it, we're, like, done with the talking. And, like, I can come in here and just do this. But... Like coordinating with someone else is hard. And then this week I had um, a good, a internet friend and um, therapist gonna come on. But then I like, you hear this voice? This voice is a thousand times better than it was on Thursday. I was gonna record on Thursday night and there's just no way I could have done it. There's just no way. So, but I do, but like, don't let the fact that I mostly record by myself fool you. I do need to be on other podcasts. I do need to have guests. So if there's someone you think I should ask to be on this podcast, tell me, who should I ask? I'm obviously going to have Liz on because Breaking Bonaducci is like one of the points in which we intersect. Like if we were a Venn diagram, Breaking Bonaducci would be like in the middle 
encompassing both our lives. I'm going to try to get Troy because Troy's had me on and, and I want to like return the favor. Um, and there's like a few other people that I'm like really interested in like talking to, but my schedule has to work out. So feel free to come over to okay. Okay. Pumpkin, not okay. Jesus Christ, princess, Jesus Christ. Feel free to come over by pumpkin podcast. Go over to buy pumpkin podcast on Instagram. Leave me a comment. Tell me who I should be asking to be on. Feel free to follow me at okay then princess on Twitter and Instagram while I still have them because because I'm going through like an existential crisis where I don't think I'm like communicating my life correctly and I'm giving people a false impression that I'm a really good person when I am not. I'm like so like I don't want to be someone out here that's like. I don't know. I, don't, I need to get away. I, let me stop talking about that. I've What are we, 15 minutes in? I'm, I'm doing nothing but talk about myself. Let's talk about the episode. It's episode two, season one of Breaking Bonaduce. It's called Dangerous Behavior. Guess whose dangerous behavior it is? Guess, just for a second. Yeah, you're right. It's Dante, the little kids. Anyway. um, So we start off with Danny telling a story to the therapist about crack. Danny's great at telling stories, guys. Like I said before, he was probably very good on the radio. He's probably someone who should do one of those book of essays celebrities do. Like, it's like a memoir, but it's just like essays. And then he should do the audiobook for it. He probably has. He needs to. Someone told me Gretchen did a book, wrote a book, and I need to read that because I need to hear more about what Danny was really like because I bet you there's plenty of shit that wasn't on this show. I'm like 80% sure that when the cameras went down, he was choking her in the bathroom. Like, I totally believe that. So Danny's telling a story about crack and about how he first started doing crack. And that was that his, actually his really good best friend discovered it first and was like, started doing crack and basically no one could find him. He was like at his house like hold up for you know days and days and Danny goes over and is like we got to go outside like dude what are you doing we got to leave this place and he's like do this and tell me if we still got to leave this place and so he obviously takes a hit of the crack and he and he does he tells the story in that basically he he inhales and as his first hit of crack and as he exhales he um is like can we sell my car for this like it's a really good story a great representation of the story because obviously it wasn't like that but also it represents the like Danny has an obsessive personality he if he likes something he really really likes it like I can relate to that I too have an obsessive personality it's why I've like never done drugs because I know that if I like did some cocaine and and liked it that was it that's that's it if I like like guys think about how much I talk about fucking Chipotle think think about how much I fucking talk about Chipotle imagine if that was cocaine like I would get like a half a sniff and then 24 hours later I'd be on some corner selling myself for crack because that's the way I do things if I like it I'm loving it and so and so like sometimes when people are giving me like I don't know, positive reinforcement for like, Princess does a lot of things. Oh, Princess is doing this. Oh, Princess, learn how to play the piano in three days. Well, that's not like, that doesn't mean like 
my work ethic, that means that that's like my little rabbit brain going, oh, I hit two keys. I'm like, I like the piano. And then just not sleeping because I got to learn how to do a piano all the time. But so I know that about myself. And I have so many drug addicts in my family that I'm just like, well, I can't. I can't get into that because I like I can imagine I probably really, really like heroin. I probably love heroin. Love it. And I just can't afford to be loving heroin. That's it. That's that's how I feel. But I think on the other hand, you know, Danny is someone who maybe realizes he has an obsessive personality, but is also someone who's like who really likes living on the edge and doing like like, can you imagine, well, maybe you can, but can you imagine, like, going over your friend's house who you think is in danger and no one's ever seen, no one's seen for a while, and he's, like, smoking something, and he goes, try this, and you're like, sure, will do. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I at least would ask the question, is this why you're, is this why no one can find you? Oh, guys, guys, let's talk about Goldberg from the Mighty Ducks. I don't consider myself a crybaby. I don't think I cry that much. Um, I'm also not someone who like gets in a confrontation and will start crying in the middle of the confrontation. But an easy way to make me cry is to give me a hard day and then for me to end up the day with TMZ telling me that Goldberg got arrested again. Because maybe because the Mighty Ducks was such an important part of my, my childhood, like those three movies. I'm just going to be honest. D2 is the best movie. Fight me on it. Actually, don't fight me. Don't at me. At your mama for not giving you good references because D2 is the best Mighty Ducks movie. Um, And I've watched those movies a million times. A million times. And I guess part of the problem is that, like, I imagine those actors just as they are. Like, Mike Victor is just how he appears in those movies. The The oldest I think they appear is D3 when they're all teenagers. By the way... Charlie's like six feet tall when he's like 15 in the Mighty Ducks 3. And also, I call him Charlie all the time. Joshua Jackson does not exist, only Charlie. I barely acknowledge Pacey, just Charlie. So like Charlie, um, Keenan Thompson, I forget his character's name, Mike Victor, um, Vitar, is it Vitar or Victor? I don't know, you know who I'm talking about. He used to be in the Sandlock too, I was totally in love with that guy. Um, and like Goldberg, like I imagine those kids just the way they appear and, in that thing. So when I'm seeing like mug shots of Goldberg, who's homeless and has no teeth and like has diabetes and like severe meth addiction and crack cocaine addiction and, um, like people can't, so his sister was going to let him live with her, but like the behavior he had to get put out. Whenever, like, friends and, like, benefactors want to give him, like, money and food and stuff, or, like, things, other homeless people beat him up and take it. Someone bought him a van to live in, and and allegedly it was set on fire. Like, so he got arrested again not too long ago, breaking into someone's garage in their car. And I just think about Goldberg a lot. And it's so, you know, when people die or when when, like we lose celebrities there's like such like grief in the air and of course we all make fun of them well snarky people like us make fun of them 
saying like you don't know that person like that person doesn't know you from a can of paint it's okay to miss someone but you're over here like can't breathe over someone who doesn't even know you and I get that like yeah I get that sentiment but also like those people mean stuff to us in ways that like that are beyond the person that they are and so like Goldberg wouldn't know who the fuck I was like I don't even know his real name I call him Goldberg but seeing him doing really badly like like I this past week I'd had like a really day like a day um and I just like fixed all the problems and handled everything and then I got to the end of the day and then Goldberg had been arrested and he's got another yet another mugshot where he looks horrendous and I just like was crying and my husband comes in a room and basically is like are you crying over the goalie from the Mighty Ducks? And I'm like, yes, yes. Anyway, I don't know how I started talking about Goldberg. Probably because I really enjoy talking about Goldberg. But yeah, it's rough. So they're talking about Danny's drug addiction. He's the first addict in his family. He describes his father like his parents are the opposite of what he is. But he gets to talking about his father. And he describes his father as brilliant and angry and good at both. He says his family... There was like violence in his home and his father was the cause of it. And Gretchen is like really proud that Danny's not like that. And like finding out his father's like a rageaholic and like is like one of those people that can be set off very easily. It like okay so you can see that. Like as we watched the trailer with Danny like stalking up and down the sidewalk like with his nostrils flared like we can see we can see that where he gets it from so we cut to like a family day out they're going to La Sizzler to La Sizzler <laughs> I don't know who used to call it La Sizzler was that on Ro- was that a joke on Roseanne I don't fucking know um I've never been to a Sizzler they look like a golden corral to me like, there's, like, a buffet part and then, like, a dessert buffet thing. That's what it looked like to me. But anyway, they're going out there and, like, you can see the family dynamic right away. Like, Danny is the fun one. He's one of the kids. They're equals. And Gretchen's a disciplinarian, but she's not very good at it. Um, that said, those kids weren't, like, acting all crazy, but Gretchen wanted them to stop and they weren't going to stop. <laughs> that's That's what I mean by, like, she's not a good disciplinarian because... It doesn't matter if the camera's there. They know they don't have to listen to you. Also, Danny, so we see that part. It's so, I, I find, like when I'm looking at the kids, I find it so interesting that the kids, uh, like Danny is obviously a redhead. He's, that said, he's dyes his hair. In this, in this show that we're watching, he's dying his hair. Like, He's dying his hair, okay? So you can you can definitely see that. He he'd probably be like a lot more white in there, even though he's only forty five. Gretchen obviously dyes her hair. Obviously. That purplish that purple red that she has, that's that's hair dye. And so but the two of them having like bright red hair together, um, and then they have these two kids, one's got this blonde curly hair that'll probably darken up as he gets older and then you've got like this dark haired uh, little girl 
together they cut such a like a strange like picture. I just wanted to comment on that. And also I want someone to tell me whether Sizzler is the same as Golden Corral. Um, so, all right. So then we see Danny doing a lot of working out. Danny is a workoutaholic. And I mean, he's just looking like super gross and grunting a lot and like, like he's not allowed to Planet Fitness because they Planet Fitness. I guess you're not allowed to grunt. Guys, I used to be a member of Planet Fitness and I was working out and stuff. But eventually, like, I was just like, I'm not going to pay for me not to go to Planet Fitness. So I go up there and I try to, like, you know, cancel. And the guy keeps asking me why I'm canceling. And it's not, and like, so sure, maybe... I'm moving into a place that has a gym attached or um, I found a different gym or, um, you know, there, there are plenty of reasons I could have given him, but they were all lies. And I was like, why am I lying to this guy at the fucking counter at Planet Fitness? I was just like, yo, I've just decided to be fat. And he looked at me like I was speaking fucking gibberish. And he was like, excuse me. I was like, yeah, I just decided to be fat. Um... Yeah, that's it. I'm going to be fat. Like, I'm married, so legally someone has to have sex with me. Um, even if they didn't, I could still pull dick if I needed to. I can also, like, lesbians love a, love a, a round, fluffy chick. We do, They do. So, like, I'm good either way. And then secondly, like, I shouldn't have to drive here and do this to be fat. I mean, to try to be skinny because I'm never going to be skinny. I've been fat since the day I walked, got out of, like, my mom's pussy. I was, like... It just popped out like a little round fat little baby. And then it's just been fat. I just really like food. And I don't like moving so much. I like cupcakes better than I like sit-ups. That's just, that's that's my lifestyle. Okay? So I'm not going to fight it. I'm also a woman. I'm a black woman. I wouldn't, I would never come out of here and be like, oh, I don't want to be black anymore. I'd be like, no, that's what I am. Black. I'm a woman. And I'm also fat. And I'm just going to be fat. So like, I'm telling him this. And his face is getting, his eyes are getting bigger and bigger like, Somebody called a goddamn police. And so, so he's like, okay. And then he just like types, tippity types on the, on the, uh, on the computer, like, like, like that. And then he's like, okay, you're canceled. I was like, good. And he's like, you want a Tootsie Roll? I said, you damn straight. And I took one and left. But I just thought like, had he never heard of someone just assigned to be fat? Jesus. Okay, why am I talking about Planet Fitness? Mm. Okay, I'm talking about the fact that Danny works out all the time. So he's become, a, he tells a therapist he's become a certified trainer. And it was super hard to get. And like, you have to take a test and stuff. And he was very excited about it. And he only trains women. Really young women. That's it. <laughs> Which is, can you imagine if you like approached a trainer and were like, Hey, could you train me? Because I've seen you around here and everything. He was like, no, no, no. I only train 20-year-old hot women. That's it. That's all I do. Mm -mm, that's all I do. And you're like, excuse me? And he's like, yeah, excuse you. Because I just told you. I only allow clients that are 20 years old and hot women. Can you I know it's a list. I know it's like a, it's like a hobby and everything. But it's like, anyway. And one of them, the woman that he's training is a porn star. And so the two of them, they're doing like shots of him training her. And there's just a lot of, uh, 
uh, like moaning like that. And there's a lot of like innuendo and like the the two of them training together, him like holding her and him doing moves that looks like he's fucking her. The two of them training looks like the beginning of a Pornhub video. That's what it looks like. It looks like you click on this video called work out that ass or something like that. (laughs) And it's two people saying, we just want to get ripped. And the two of them like work out together, but it all looks like sex and there's a lot of moaning. Then finally they line up perfectly to where like their sexual organs are lined up. And then they're like, oh no, I slipped. Ah, and then that's when the sex starts. That's what that's what it looked like. Guys, don't fucking judge me. I know there's people listening to this. They're like, Princess, what the fuck are you talking about? Don't act like you don't know exactly what type of video I'm talking about. Where they're trying to build some very small premise. <laughs> Let's move on. I don't like I don't like the judgment I'm feeling from this crowd. Um The therapist thinks that focusing on like physical training might might be good for him because like like people who are leave are like trying to get away from addiction often are like focused on being really healthy and like trying to like treat their bodies in a way try to show their bodies that they love them like in instead of being a trash can for their bodies like they've been in the past um i've heard people describe it that way and so the therapist was like at first i thought this was like a good idea but now i'm worried because you guys are like because he's got an excessive personality and he's working and he might be working out too much and Danny says he's working out at three gyms, so they don't all know how much he works out. And still, those each of those gyms thinks he works out too much. The therapist asks about steroids, and Danny smiles real big. And he says no, and he's surprised that the therapist knows specific terminology, like cycles. I don't know what that means. Maybe you take steroids in cycles. Maybe you take, like, you take some, you take this part then, and this part now, and then you start, I don't know. But Danny's like really surprised and the therapist is like, yeah, I've been around. And Danny's like, but steroids really appeal to me. And he's thinking about them. The problem is Danny wants to bulk up like, but the problem is food because you need a lot to eat a lot to maintain that type of body. People, you know, that that are like bodybuilders and like really into their bodies like that. They eat a lot in terms of calories. It's just what they eat. So they're eating like lean meat and vegetables and proteins and things like that but they're not eating a lot of carbs or they're eating or they are eating carbs but in certain at certain times like their their food regimen is like very strict and it requires that they take in quite a bit of calories because of the way like building and rebuilding those muscles require but Danny can't do it because he's he he grew up as a fat kid and like, when you go back and look at Danny Bonaducci as a kid, he's not, like, fat. He's, like, I guess husky, but I guess you, I guess that's, like, a euphemism for fat. I don't know, but, like, I don't think he was dangerously overweight. But being, like, a fat kid next to, um, God, I just forgot his name. David, what's his name? I think I love you, guy. Being next to, like, a teen idol that's, like, with feathery hair and deep blue eyes and, you know, all that. I probably did a number on him. And he says, like, from being a fat kid, he just can't do it. He can't He can't even get himself to eat that much food. He's also doing a spread for Muscle and Fitness magazines. And the therapist is like, okay, so you will be going on steroids. And Danny kind of shrugs. 
And the therapist is like, okay, since you're, if you've never done steroids, I'll let me tell you what it's going to be like for you steroids. They're, they're not going to be great for you. Um, you're going to be angry, incredibly angry, mood swings all the time. And you're going to have a huge libido. And actually, he says a libido the size of Connecticut. And Danny goes, Connecticut's not that big. And then the therapist goes, Brazil then. And he goes, oh, I see, I see. And so if you think about that, Danny comes from um, um, angry, violent family, and he's got a, he's got a sex addiction that he's admitted to. It's not, so I hate saying sex addiction, not because I don't think it exists. I think sex addiction exists. I'm sure it does. Um, but I think sometimes people say sex addiction when they really mean someone is has narcissistic tenden- tendencies. And is trying to receive validation through sex. And I don't know if that's a sex addiction. Like, I feel like if you have a sex addiction, like, you might have so much sex that you chafe and get in pain and you still keep getting to have sex because you need. Like, that, I don't know. I'm not a therapist. I've been to no schools. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But I think, like, maybe Danny Bonaducci isn't necessarily a sex addict. He might just be an asshole, you know? Like, sometimes people call themselves sex addicts when they just like cheating on people, which is different than being a sex addict. I don't know. You guys let me know what you think. All right. And so after that, the very next scene we have is his family playing downstairs, Gretchen running around with the kids. Meanwhile, Danny's upstairs doing steroids. He has been doing steroids the whole time. He just lied to the therapist. So he does his shoot. He's worried about looking old and fat. And then we see him talking to the therapist about the fact that he's actually doing steroids. And the therapist asks if he's doing that, if he did the part where he lied to the therapist and then is literally, has been doing steroids and everything um, to be a bad boy on TV. And Danny points to the cameras and likely the producer who's standing next to the camera and says, no, I'm never trying to be a bad boy. If I were trying to be a bad boy, it would be stuff you couldn't put on. These guys couldn't put on TV. And the therapist says that Danny has to grow up sometimes and he wonders when that's going to be. And Danny's like, me too. Like, it's really hard to dislike Danny, right? This is how he gets people to like him and that he knows all his faults. He's not scared of them. He's not scared of telling you that. If you tell him he's done something wrong, he's like, yeah, yeah, I did. He's, He's not necessarily a liar. But that sense of like being an open book is part of his manipulation, right? And he's never going to argue with you. Well, not, maybe not never, but it's, he's probably not going to argue with you about whether he's a piece of shit. You know, like if you call him a piece of shit, I'll be like, yeah, I am. I am, man. Sucks to be around me, doesn't it? Like he's affirming your feelings. So next we see Danny and Gretchen going to eat and Danny's wearing this wide collar open shirt with this crazy fucking print on it and some high waisted flare jeans. And I was like, what is this? Why is he dressed like this? Is this a flashback to the Partridge family? And then he gets to Gretchen and Gretchen's dressed normally. I'm like, no, he's just dressed crazy. Did he just leave a shoot? What is, what is he wearing? And so they sit down. And they're talking about Danny training clients. And he mentions that one. Basically, he's like, 
given her profession. Now, the way he says profession is so weird because like in France, people have professions. And what I mean by professions is that like you get training, you're an apprentice, like to be a baker, it takes a long time to be a baker. To be, to work in the creche, which is the, um, the state sponsored, like preschool, like I guess preschool. Well, it's a preschool and that you go before you go to fucking school. But not a preschool we Americans think of it as. But, like, you can be a baby and go to the crush until it's time to go to school. Like, daycare workers here don't necessarily go to a state-run school for daycare workers and then do, like, an apprenticeship. And then, like, this is a whole career. The way he's talking about profession is very serious. Like, most of us... I'm not saying people don't go to school for a long time and like study their profession for a long time, but the way he's saying it is with such reverence that it was so fucking weird. So he goes, you know, given her profession and I just like Gretchen, just like I would have, I would have been like, what's her profession? That's what Gretchen says. He says, I didn't tell you crazy. I didn't tell you. I think I told you, this is something I'd tell you. It seems crazy. that I wouldn't tell you. And she's like, no, what is it? And he's like, and he just, He's like, gay porn, gay girl porn, hot lesbian porn. That's what was on the, the video she gave me. And Gretchen's just looking at him. And he's like, you didn't know this? And he never fucking told her. I guarantee you he never fucking told her. He's gaslighting her. The way he said, I don't think this is something you forget to tell someone. As if, like, if you're a reasonable person, you know this is the first thing I told you. Like, this is the most interesting part of this the, about this girl and so obviously it's the first thing I would have told you so either you're saying that I'm unreasonable like like that I went past all of these like mileposts and never mentioned it or maybe you don't remember that's the way he said it okay that's the way he presented it to her and she says I mean she looks uncomfortable she looks like what's happening She's probably used to being gaslit by Danny all the time. And he, um, he mentions that, um, she gave him the videos again, which is like, okay. And she's like, did you watch him? He's like, of course. Or nor he says something like, no, of course I didn't watch him. Lesbian porn. Why would I want to watch that? And then she goes, well, I don't really want that in the house with my kids. And he says, oh, okay, well then don't look under the bed in the guest room. Like, he's too busy being like Danny Bonaducci in this conversation. It's ridiculous. Um, So later in therapy, Danny says that the lesbian porn star makes him feel very safe because she doesn't do it with guys. He's just such a dick. And yeah, he's such a dick. And you guys all know that most lesbian porn is made for men to watch. And most of those women are not lesbians or even bisexual. They're just performing for the camera because this is what's going to pay. Like, but whatever. Like, he's, he's acting like he doesn't realize that. And anyway, he says he can't fire her as a client because of her profession. He says, that'd be rude for me to require to fire her over her profession. And, but he can fire her. Um, he can fire her. Uh, if Gretchen, because he, he'll do anything to make Gretchen feel comfortable. So Gretchen's like, yeah, fucking fire her. And he says, okay, I'll do it. 
so the next scene is Danny on the radio talking to Gene Simmons. Guys, Gene Simmons is fucking gross. Do you remember his show? They really tried to give him like a... Like I said, in the early aughts, there was a sort of porn starification of America. And what I mean by that is people like Jenna James, the Playboy, the girls next door, the Playboy girls, um, a Gene Simmons, all those type of people became like marketed towards middle America. People were taking pole dancing classes. People were like, t- it, it was real cute to give your, your, some, some 30 year old woman in, in Idaho, um, a book about giving blowjobs. Like it was just like a very, like we, America as a, as a whole is pretty puritanical. And we, and during that first decade of the, of after 2000, we really, we really loosened up. Like it was no problem for a guy like Jim, like Gene Simmons to be on the view talking about having a dastardly past and, and like swimming in pussy. Like it was no problem for that sort of things. And so we got to see a lot of Gene Simmons, but Gene Simmons is gross. He's somewhere right now saying me too has gone too far. He's like, what do you mean? You can't just finger somebody just because you happen to be next to him. What are you talking about? Like, that's what Gene Simmons is doing right now. He's like, what? You got to ask him? The world's gone crazy. And like, I'm not sitting here being like, oh, Gene Simmons is disgusting because he was a rock star that like had like a debaucherous life. I'm not saying that. I'm What I am saying is that people like him are, are the first ones to tell you like, oh, people are just adults are making decisions and if they regret it later, I don't know what to tell you. And when they don't acknowledge like power structures or the fact that there have been times when like bad shit have happened and they love to like get to a certain age, have a daughter and then be like, what do you mean? Like, I understand women now because it's important. Anyway, whatever. That's enough of me talking about fucking Gene Simmons. Anyway, Gene's on Danny's side. He says that Gretchen needs to, be- so Gretchen actually calls in. Gretchen is like, he-, he tells Gretchen, you need to be like trees and you need to bend and keep your roots in. Because if you don't bend with the wind, you'll break. And Gretchen was like, no, I really want him to fire her. And he's like, give Danny a little slack. He's a man. Yo, Danny gets all the fucking slack in the world. Gross. So the next scene is Danny training Mackenzie again. And once again, it looks like the start of a porn. And he's not going to stop training the girls. And he tells, and so the therapist is like, did you stop training them? He's like, no, and I have no intention of. I just said that. And he feels like, he's like, yeah, if I stop training them, Gretchen will be happy, but then Mackenzie won't have a trainer. And I'm like, dude. And he also says this is the point where most doctors fire him, which I can understand, like, because he knows what he needs to do or he, so the, the thing that bothers me is not even knowing that it's probably best for you given your situation, given like 
how important certain things are to you that you probably don't need to be in a situation. Like the fact is, is that you've cheated on your wife. You, you, you need her so badly. You, you, you say that like, like you're that without her, you would die. And yet you keep putting yourself in positions where it'd be very easy to cheat on her. And I'm not saying like, I'm not even like, oh, Mackenzie does porn. So therefore she wants to sleep with Janet Bonaducci. Those things don't even make those, those are not the same thing. But I am saying that like you put your wife in a position where she doesn't feel comfortable with you out in the world having free range and you're trying to make it up to her and you're not trying to make concessions. So yeah, that's part of it. But the other thing is, so you had that conversation in therapy and you said, I'll stop if you want me to. And then she says yes. And then you say, okay, I'll stop. And then you don't. That would cause me to shoot him in the back while he was in the shower because the fact that we've like come to a conclusion we've come to we've resolved this and like we think that we've resolved this and yet you and you've told me we resolved this and then you just go and do what the fuck you want to anyway that's infuriating infuriating and the doctor says something like i don't know if he's a doctor because you don't have to be a doctor to be a therapist but Basically, the therapist does a doormat for, and he says that there are three, like if there are three doors and one will take you to safety and one will take you and one will take you to danger and one will take you to unknown parts. He says, if you're really a disabled person, what he meant by disabled is someone who is unable to make this decision. Um, Like you have addiction or mental illness or some reason that you can't just go and make this decision, make the safe decision. You will make the same decision every time, over and over again, no matter what. But for someone like Danny, it's not him. I guess the way he's trying to explain is that Danny knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He's choosing to do this. This isn't a case of he doesn't know how to do it. He has all the answers. He knows exactly what's wrong with him. He knows what he should do. And I'm a big fan of meeting people where they are. There are plenty of shit I should do, I know about, that... I'm like, okay, but I just don't have the ability to do it yet. So I have a lot of empathy for that. For the fact is like, you can, like, I can't do better unless I want it, unless I'm ready to do it. That said, there is something maddening about someone who can talk you in circles about what's wrong with them, what they need to do, and then choose the other thing all the time. And that's, and in those cases, a lot of times you have to separate from them. You cannot sit next to them as they purposely choose destructive things and you're affected by it and they know all about it and they can talk you to death about it, but they're like, but I can't. So do you want to, do you want to sit here or not? And you have to choose no. That's like, like, I remember watching this in real time, and from the first episode, I was like, oh, she, uh, Gretchen needs to leave him. She needs to leave him. I don't care if he came home from Vegas. She needs to leave him. He's making her life harder. He is, and the longer she stays with him, the harder it's going to be on their kids. 
it's she you've got this great little family unit where you guys just love each other to death yeah that's awesome but he's also like an incredibly destructive angry person and you are teaching your children that this is what a father is now maybe one day they'll decide they'll realize same as Danny is like oh my dad was violent he was he was he was angry all the time he was someone you didn't want to be around maybe they realize that or not or but even if you do even if they do realize that you've still like as their brains are developing you've you've put them in a situation where it's developing around these sorts of situations I don't know I just but I get it people don't always do what they're supposed to do if they could always do what they're supposed to do we wouldn't have half the problems we have in the last part of the episode Danny goes to the doctor and he has anthrosclerosis don't ask me to spell that shit I looked it up though and he has in his heart carotid artery this is obviously in his probably in his brain and what it is, is a lot of plaque and fatty deposits on the inner walls walls of arteries and the reason that's bad is because it it gives less room for blood to flow through your arteries and it's more likely to get clogged um when blood flow stops you can like lose blood to your brain you can get a blood clot all kinds of things can happen you can get a blood clot in one area that loosens and goes straight to your brain and kill you or your heart and kill you like these are these it's a very dangerous thing to have um and the doctor says like obviously you work out but you need to you can't be smoking you need to eat better and you need to watch your blood pressure and he explains how like a 37 year old man just died like nothing because he had this it's and it's one of those things that obviously is super dangerous and like you need to like do something about it but it's also like different than someone saying you're gonna die today like he can't tell him when when this is gonna be a problem so it's less likely for Danny to take it super seriously and as he leaves the office hearing all that um he's on the corner he's on the, like the front the like the curb and he just puts his, he smokes a cigarette and it's like a great little metaphor for Danny's like he's like absolutely determined to destroy himself he's absolutely determined to destroy himself And like, so, and here we are watching it. <laughs> Ugh, way to bring down the room, princess. But yeah, that was the end of the second episode. Um, next week, there's a lot of like, Danny being like crazy angry. Apparently, Gretchen's in a band. Fun. And he doesn't like to go because I guess she sings to people. I don't know. We'll figure it out then when we get there. But that's what's going to happen next week. Hey guys, also don't forget about my Patreon. Um... My Patreon is patreon.com backslash buy pumpkin. Um, sign up for a dollar a month to support this podcast and you get whatever bonus episodes I do. You're going to get at least one a month. We're now in the month of February, so you're going to get one this month. Not sure what I'm going to do. But feel free to give me some suggestions. And um, yeah, that's it. I'll see you guys next week. Bye.